0: Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And uh, I'm going to give you the particulars a little bit later on in the program because uh, we are, this particular interview, we are tight on time, ladies and gentlemen. We're right on time, uh, but uh, we only have a limited amount of time with our guest today uh, because, uh, well, it's just the way it is sometimes. We take advantage of that. Remembering qualities of your soul we're going to talk about joyfully living your god self yes. our guest here on the program is paul hannah md dr paul hannah md uh he is i i love psychologists and psychiatrists because maybe i'll get a, a diagnosis <laughs> and corrective measures at the end of the program i can use all the help i can get doctor thank you so much for joining us on the program
1: I want to thank you for inviting me to the program to house in a beautiful, beautiful way. You know, that's what I thank you. Okay.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I I could run off a a lot of the uh, 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 credentials that you have. We'll probably touch upon those as we move forward. But this whole aspect of um, uh, remembering qualities of your uh, soul—it's—it's something that I know a lot of folks. Uh, it's going to require them to go within. We promote that on this program. It's one of those elements that I mentioned at the front end of the program about um, participating in what we call the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we ask people to go within in that quiet, peaceful, calm, still place and listen to that still, small voice. Is that part of this process of remembering the qualities of our soul?
1: It's a huge part of the process in being able to become our own looker to yourself. Having the courage to be your own looker, you have to go within to see yourself, to analyze yourself. The first step of uh, self-observation and wisdom and knowledge is being able to go in, go inward and look at yourself, and have the courage to examine your feeling, your thoughts, your emotion, your behavior. If you become a victim to that, you're always reacting to the outside. I would like for people to be responsive and to remember the divine quality within side. So it's a huge part of like having that self-observation and learning how to go within, within into that deep, deep, divine aspect. We all have at least two sides. I would say the ego, which is our physical self, and we have the divine side. So the question is, we have a conscious choice. Which one do you really want to cultivate? That choice, every soul has two choices, divine will and choice. So I teach people to be very clear and have the courage and confidence and consistency. Stay on your on your focus. Your focus is the divine list. Let become our own. Look at the observing what we're going without feeling and behave like that.
0: Well, you know, you also touched upon another um, um, element that we mentioned as well, and that is that we are uh, here to give you choices and knowledge of those choices. But a lot of folks, and you may have experienced this, uh, Doctor. A lot of folks don't know that they have other choices. They've been in a, and in some instances, a generational um, lockdown where they only know that which they have and their family has lived with for maybe a, a, co- a two, three, four generations. And I'm thinking specifically of the entitlement programs and, and them and no disparate not being disparaging in any way shape or form but it's like well if all you know is welfare if all you know is food stamps and you haven't been taught how to catch the fish you keep being mm-hmm. given fish but you've never been taught how to catch a fish to feed yourself and your family how are you gonna choose to catch a fish
1: you know, it's all coming back then people people's sense of worthiness. and so once you understand that, let's deal with that. If you have a toxic loyalty conditionality, you have a toxic conformity to but they conform, you conform to the environment that this generation as you talking about when you have the courage to go beyond that conformity, you have the courage to do something more inspire you something more, and so then you're going to look at something different inside of you, and that sometimes that come from pain sometimes they come from someone you wings and say, you know what? It's like the more you that you, already, that you see. You know, me personally, I was kind of one, of the, one that said, you know what? I see you. I didn't know what, what, what was talking about. I had my first experience in um seeing a metaphysical teacher, you know, when I was, I don't know, 20 or 18. And everybody was paying for his class. And I wanted to learn more about the inside. And so when I went to see him, he said, I can't pay. You can't pay me. I can't charge you. I said, why? the money. He said, no, no, there's the force thing you that you don't do not aware of. I want to bring out of you. So that put me on that thing to see something bigger and wider. So you can have a person that sees something in you they can take you under their arms and say, you know what? I'm going to explain you. So if they don't do that, you're caught into that toxic generational issue. You need something to, somebody to see that within you, you know. And so that's why I'm very big on remembering the qualities of your soul. Everyone have the God quality within them. But if you don't believe that, you're so buried down trying to survive, you never know, become aware of that. You have to, someone, if you wake up, someone see you, let me help you wake up. It's there. It's always very good to reach back. One of the things about being the divine a divine conscience, the divine love, you're always reaching back to help expand someone else. It's very powerful to do that, you know. Mm. And that is one aspect that I've seen to help people, to teach them that they are worthy and deserving. Because if you don't feel that you're worthy, or deserving and if you have the media and whatever are you saying that you're not then you keep feeding that to your subconscious mind then you, you act on that scenario mm-hmm. yes
0: you know one of the and and, and i want to be very careful in approaching this particular element uh, of our conversation here when you talk about worthiness yes. um, and- you as a black man in america all right yes um When I watch some of the media, (laughs) I see many people of color, black and brown and et cetera, et cetera. But specifically uh, the African-American, many of them have what I will call a chip on their shoulder. Now, forgive me because I'm a white guy and, you know, I I don't want to cast aspersions and pass judgment. But I'm sitting here listening to you and what you're saying and I don't hear in your voice that you have a chip on your shoulder about the way your uh, brothers and sisters over the centuries have been treated in this country or anywhere else in the world, for that matter. That okay. that's That's the past. That's the history. I don't want to negate that history. But I'm trying to understand, just as a human being, not as a white guy, but as a human being— how it is that there are some who they go through their entire lives with this chip on their shoulder as though they're the victim, and there are others who are flourishing. They're just having the most fun in their lives, and you are one of those people who is just enjoying your life. Have you transitioned from that space of victimhood regardless of history
1: i don't but let me let me say this like in regards to that the victims go both ways in regards to the perpetrator and the victim so for me i have transcended both those aspects because as i said remembering cause of of your soul i'm a divine warrior Mm -hmm. and so i don't read i don't react to people i respond so when you start reacting you're still acting from ego when you respond Mm -hmm. you're for the divine so for me i've been taught a long time within me respond and be responsible i say that you know what a punk is always blaming, and a war is always claiming responsibility. I claim it, and I'll put it where it is. I claim responsibility, and if I react to someone, I let them get to my subconscious mind. I'm carrying that toxic energy to me. That is no, no, no. I can't do that, be responsive. But also, I can see both sides. I can see the perpetrator. I can see the victim. Both are guilty. The question is, someone's still pointing the finger. Mm-hmm. Someone can say, well, why can't they do better? Tell the what well, you did this to me. That's a reactive mode. We say, well, what can we do collectively? And that's why I came with this thing. Now uh, I'm talking about when you shine, glow, flow. And that's a powerful thing that I'm talking about and I'm talking to media about right now. What does shine mean? Well, Mr. Dugan, what shine means is when you become like the sun and truly like the sun, you shine on everybody. I don't care what race, what sex, what political party, the sun shines. So the sun is unconditional, divine love that perpetrates all these little isms, sexism, racism, abuseism. No, no, no. So I teach people to have those sunshine energy in you. Then when you glow, and you know, it's like the moon. You have to align all of your body, your emotional body, your mental body, your spiritual body, your physical body. So many people that I talk to in this galaxy, in this world, they are addicted to their intellect or their emotion or their yes. physical or their spiritual body. Each one of those bodies, if you do not balance, they all wrong. You have to balance them out. Yeah. So if you balance all three, all, all those bodies up, you know, you glow like the moon. Mm. And the third one is when you flow like water. Water don't get hung in the past. It's always moving forward. Yeah, Water is purification, unification. We are 70% water like the earth. So it's always moving forward. So I'm moving forward to the, the divine is One love, one energy, one breath. So I'm always talking like that, you know. How can we be allow ourselves to be like the sun, to remember the quality of your soul, and therefore you can be passed out ism. This society is predicated on someone got to be up, someone got to be down. Those are third dimensional mentalities. Met- met- and I say, no, we're both in it. What are, how are we co-creating this situ- situation? No relation be a personal or intimate professional is two people creating that frequency. If one point a finger, they're both wrong. You never point a finger. Everybody got to be responsible. So myself, I decide to be. remember who I am. I decide to be responsible. I decided, you know what, I'm a divine warrior. How can I help people share that same love, mm-hmm. that same deservingness? I'm coming from that.
0: Well, obviously, I, I have phrased it uh, correctly because you're still with me. I have, I have not offended. And uh, it was not my intent by any means, shape, or form. Because uh, I know that there are a lot of folks who – have a lot of difficulty in having these kinds of conversations when it comes to uh, these differences. I have often said that it is the differences that make us unique. Unique, it's the similarities that bind us together. And uh, that to me is really important. Before we continue, I want to let our listeners know we're talking with Dr. Paul Hanna, Hannah's Holistic Cent- Healing, Hanna's Holistic Healing.com, which we will be, uh, we will be linked to. Uh, that's his website where you can find out more about the work he's doing, as well as remembering qualities of your soul, joyfully living your God self. We're going to find out more about that as we continue right here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I am so thrilled to have <clears throat> Paul Hanna, M.D., a psychiatrist. He's a healer. He's a master healer, a teacher. You have another book called Qigong Awakened. Yes. And that is not that Qigong has been awakened. <laughs> it's that an individual has been awakened through Qigong. But the word awakened uh, and even the der- derivations of that word woke Oh, I can't stand that word because of the way it has been usurped by those who are opposed to being awakened, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. And and they don't fully understand what that means. It's being misinterpreted in my humble opinion. Also, as a metaphysician, my friend, I'm 62. I've been a metaphysician since I was in my teens. Uh, talk to us a little bit about this aspect of uh, waking up, whether it be through Qigong, but uh, let's let's focus on that and how people can, through Qigong, awaken to, again, maybe even this aspect of remembering the qualities of one's soul.
1: Well, the way Qigong is a very powerful, you know, in regards to dealing with breath. And breath is key to everything. Breath is what keeps us in the physical form. Without breath, we go into the spiritual world. So I teach Qigong in the sense that through breath, one, you got to become calm. Calmness and relaxation is planted like you can plant a seed. If the seed, if you're not relaxed, your cup not empty, there's nothing you can put in to awaken you up. So I have to first get you relaxed. And I do that by way of breath. Breath, relaxation, now your cup is open. Now you're open to different, you become in tune to, first, to different parts of your body. If you really get to see, you can feel the, you can feel the energy. You come to aware of the energy flowing through you. So that's the first level of awareness. Then once you, that awareness can expand out beyond your physical body. And I'm saying that now you realize your mind can go beyond the physical body. You're awake to your internal feeling. Your awareness now expands. As, you know, observation expands, the to consciousness, consciousness, doorway to the knowledge. Knowledge to freedom, it wasn't like this. So I teach people, I got one called Spirit. Cosmic Love Child with Qigong. I teach people how to connect with relaxation, connect back to the universe, become more aware of their awakening that way. Mm. Yes. Let me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ask me more detail. In, in regards to the sit down to get that feeling of the the, 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 the force going through you, is a level of awareness. I like people to feel that. Once I tell them to feel it, now I can teach them to sense a different part of their body. Once I teach them to sense a different part of their body, I said, let's go through some purification now. Let's find out what color is your love. I said, We're gonna use that that color of your love, that energy to purify your whole body. Mm. So I go from relaxation, awareness of that. Then you can send the energy, you can feel it. energy. Now let's still with purification. When purification, we're gonna start with unification. When unification, we go to harmonization. So you call back to uh, people differ. I think differences. Once you really understand it's fine because you got to individualize before you can harmonize. How did you emanate? How did you harmonize? You got to be a unique person. You become aware of who you really are, and you got to own you. So awareness is the first stage to get people to help them to relax, to to accept themselves. Then you allow your ability to accept the people as well. Mm.
0: You know, I was I was participating uh, with my my second and present wife uh, when we first met. She was working with a gentleman uh, who would fly out from, I believe, it was Georgia where he was living. His name was Sunyata Saraswati. <clears throat> he was the co-author of a book called "Jewel in the Lotus," uh, co-authored yeah. with uh, Bodhi. And um, so I got to meet him. I got to work with him, and. I didn't know anything about Tai Chi, which is what the he was teaching them. And, of course, everybody there, including my present wife, she was she was very proficient in this, this practice, as, as she called it. And there I am in the yard. We're out there in the backyard of one gentleman's house, standing in the grass, uh, listening to the music. And I'm trying to mimic and follow everybody else's movements. Sunyata walked up to me and he said, stop. He said, don't. Follow anybody else. Just let the music and the energy carry you. Let it take you where it will. And when he said that, it freed me up. I mean, I didn't go nuts or anything, you know, <laughs> you know dancing a jig or anything. But it made me feel like whatever movements I made... They were okay. There were no wrong movements. I had a similar experience when I was participating in a play, in a performance here in Santa Barbara for Christmas, for the holidays. It was called the Santa Barbara Revels, and we were doing the Scottish Solstice celebration. That was the theme of this performance. And the director at one point in the rehearsals said to us, he said, first of all, Sure, we want you to learn your lines. We want you to learn the songs, the music, the notes, etc. And we realize that this is a big challenge for a lot of you. So, number one, fake it till you make it. <laughs> number two, as long as you are up there looking like you belong and you're, you're participating in the way that you can, there is nothing, there, there are no wrong movements and that kind of thing. Uh, as long as you're involved and you're, you know, doing what you can to, to fit into the community. Again, it was another one of those moments where, no, I didn't have carte blanche to do whatever I wanted, dance across the stage or tell jokes or anything. But it gave me the freedom to relax and to know that everybody else up on that stage was part of my community, part of my tribe, with or without the audience, we were all working together. It seems as though we've lost Hello? that, especially here in the West. As a society, we're, we, we unless there's an emergency like we just had some major flooding and now people step up and boy, they're there and they're ready to help. If there's no emergency, all of a sudden the walls go up, the divisions set in and and the wedges are driven deeper and deeper and we aren't working together to make this a better place. Yes. I don't know.
1: Some kind of way you zoom went out. Can you see me? I can see you. Yes. I can see you. Um, okay. Um, if you can see me, then that's fine, but like, I can't see you. Okay. Um, but number one, I, number relaxation is the key to all the things that I do in regards to metaphysics healing. It has started with a form of relaxation without relaxation. There's no, there's no real growth of it. You got to relax to be who you are. You have to relax to get the chi, the flow that life was going through you. But relaxation is a part of the part. Even the, everything that this planet started with a form of relaxation, be it a plant, uh, be, be it being a human being, they had to relax for the, the sperm to go into the oven. You had to relax. There's a relaxation that goes with all life and all growth. So I teach people how to totally relax all their bodies, the mental body. The emotional body, their spiritual body, physical body. So many people come to me; they're so tied up intellectually, or spiritually, or emotionally. You got to let them slowly get out of that and say it's okay to do something different to engage another body. When I get that way, and awareness began to grow, bigger, getting wider and wider and wider. When that awareness come up, then they become more conscious. That conscious become real expensive as well, and they become more likely to invest time in cultivating their inner self that way. And that's very powerful when you have that inner motivation, that inner desire that said, you know what, I'm aware of this, I feel this, and I'm expanding my awareness, I'm expanding my vital energy. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of that in terms of people when they learn how to relax, become aware, they become to expand in. Mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Paul Hanna is my guest. We encourage you to go to his website to find out more about the work that he is doing. It's hannahsholistichealing.com Find out about the work that he's doing in the book, The Remembering Qualities of Your Soul joyful, Joyfully Living Your God Self, as we continue right here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is a pleasure always to have uh, people on this program who are working towards make this, making this world a better place for everyone and uh, that's really what this is all about. And uh, uh, Paul Hanna is my guest, Dr. Paul Hanna. How did, how did you become interested, not so much in uh, necessarily Qigong or psychiatry or being a metaphysician or any of the other little accolades that we could sit there and attribute <laughs> to you, but in terms of uh, wanting to make a difference in this world for the better for all?
1: Well, I would still say, actually started when I was about 12. I mean, I was told, I told today, when the interview with me, I was walking really down throughout the woods and something kind of didn't hit me. I fell down, you know, and, and like the words came in as, like, as far as detachment, wisdom, love, and they stayed with me. Then I kept wanting to get higher and higher, as far as just starting higher. And you had to detach from all of these frustration and things. From that attachment, you live and you get wisdom. Let all be motivated by love. Then that's when I met my metaphysical teachers. He saw me and he started expanding more and more into that I didn't know what he was talking about at first. It got breaking, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden I said, Well, you know, I'm going to medical school. Everybody laughed. I said, Whoa, laugh. I didn't see what was funny. I went. I like the mind, I like energy. Um I said, you know, I want to be a psychiatrist. They said, you should not be a psychiatrist. You're too good for that. You should go into internal medicine. I said, no, I want to practice real medicine. Real medicine did with look to So I went into that. So I kept going. Then all of a sudden, I would start practicing Tai Chi and get more into energy. And Tai Chi martial arts, deep and deep into the Eastern philosophy, and African philosophy. And I got deeper. Then I went to Berkeley University, acupuncture for physician. Then I went to Nanjing University for acupuncture. And I'm still studying these things, you know, and I'm going to Tibet. I'm going to all these places to get deep into this knowledge. And so it's got it's bad and seems like something is pulling me to those things, you know, I feel natural to that right now. That's why I'm deciding right now, spend more of my energy of bringing people to their own inner divinity. And I'm, um, I am an MD, but I, I'm more attracted to my gift of shining my light.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I feel, it feel more natural, feel more creative or more intuitive or more spontaneous way. Right? I can look at someone and tell them, how they could enhance themselves, what the best they could do, you know. So, the, the MD was a key. That's my talent, but my gift is what we are talking about right now. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's, it's been opening it up and opening up deep and deep and deeper that way. Each day, it seemed like it's getting bigger, you know, like I'm getting people. Uh, she thought, you go ahead. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this right this second, because this is a step out to do more and more of this type of thing that I really like, you know. And So, it's something to feel. I suppose we doing something that feels natural. I feel like the sun. I feel like the moon. I feel like water. And so, yeah, if anybody who listens to this program right now, if they go to my website, I got an ebook on that, a shine, glow, flow. And like you talk a lot about that because that is the energy, the divine energy that flows to all of us. We all have our own unique oneness, but we're from one source. Mm-hmm. And that one source emanates through everybody. And once we really look like that, and on that, you put in a, a situation of cooperative, should I say, a creative cooperation versus competitiveness, you know. You look, how can I expand my fellow human being? How can I do that? Yeah. If you understand the law of energy, whatever you do comes back to you. So let's expand and expand from the one love, one breath, one energy. And so that is the thing that pulls me daily. My mind is focused on that. So, what if I focus on that span? That's the law of energy as well. My mind is focused on it in the inner divinity, and I can use that through energetic healing, regular psychiatry. Uh, I find psychiatry is very good in a sense. I call it the first phase. I call it the first phase because it deal with personality. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, there's another phase called soulality. Let's go deep to your soul now. And they say, oh, let's go to that. You might see some diff that you didn't have in this life we can resolve some of those kinks. We're willing to be responsible for that. And I keep going in deeper and deeper and help people to unravel a lot of these emotional, mental, spiritual kinks, you know. So I like this energy of going deep into people for psychiatry. But right now, I'm on helping people to remember those hidden divine qualities within them. And when they do, they can joyfully live their own life. When they're living happy, like the Dalai Lama said, it's all about happiness, you know. Aren't uh, you happy. No one can make you happy. If someone told they can make you happy, they're delusional. Because you're not responsible for this happiness. You're responsible for your own happiness. You can co-create joyfulness with people, though. Yeah. So we no one can breathe for Mr. Dugan. He can only breathe for himself. No one can make him happy. Be real and deal and learn how to be focused for your own self. Learn how to saturate your heart with all this love. This one source, one breath, one energy. No, that's what we are. Every soul that reincarnated here, you know, have a purpose. They have a gift. And once they realize, they all individualize gift. When that individualized, individualize, you can harmonize. Because you realize no one is better. It's different. Difference doesn't mean it's just different. Yeah. Embrace difference. Yeah. Embrace difference. Someone say with similar? We're going beyond the third dimension to the another dimension to the fifth dimension. The fourth dimension, we're talking about lovement. This book, if anyone get that book, my book, I, I, I to tell them, go to any page in that book. Your angels, your ancestors, your God will talk to you. This book didn't come from, it came through me. I got a lot of people all over the country, when they read this book, how do you know? I don't know that. This book is a message. Not, it just came through me. Anybody open that book, they said, well, wow, how do they know? When I sell a book like this, you know, I say, open in the book, any page right now. They just start smiling. Mm-hmm. It's something that every day there's frequencies around you that will direct you back to what you need for that day that you're working on. So have the courage, have the heart, have the confidence to embrace your oneness, to embrace your individuality, embrace your uniqueness. The world needs your uniqueness, your unique love, your unique power, your awareness, your gift. So many people are afraid to share their gift because we are affected by what we call conformity. We're too busy conforming to the mainstream society, your own race group, of, a group group, whatever it might be. It is, it is delusional separation that causes more hesitation. The problem here, you know. I said, have the courage to individualize, motivated by love and truth. Then you'll see your joy in you.
0: Paul Hanna's my guest, and uh, we encourage you to go to Hannah's Holistic Healing That's the website. And pick up a copy of Remembering the Qualities of Your Soul. Again, the subtitle, Joyfully Living Your God Self. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And, uh, you know, you you made the comment about uh, turning to a a page in the book. And I did that. I just popped (laughs) it open, okay? And it turns out it opened up to a a beginning of a chapter. Part 2, Get Up. (laughs) <laughs> chapter 7 Living Your Life Choice Living yes. from Clarity and Purpose Yes Now I and and what's so nice is it's it's a short chapter it won't take me long to read it all but <laughs> from that standpoint let's since that's where I opened the book up to talk to us a little bit about this aspect because it goes back to again that uh, that slogan that we uh, used often that we're giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. We encourage people to find and live their life's purpose. And it seems as though a lot of people think that their life's purpose has something to do with... um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a person's life's purpose is to be involved in politics or religion or economics or what have you. But to me, the material world is not the, uh, shall we say, the 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 real place where we want to make the change. Where we want to find our life's our life's purpose is not on the outside per se. That it flows from within, outwardly.
1: I told, I can agree with that in regards to from within to without. In regards, I don't care if you're into politics. You know, if you're off into politics, you're off into law. question when you practice law, is the divine law, is it selected based upon what race, how much money, what political party is how we're going to apply this human law? It's not a divine law. So law it, in itself is perfect. The question is, what type of law are you practicing? Yeah. Economics? If you understand economics, you can't break the universe. The universe is abundant. The question <laughs> is, we have some people want to control things too much, and you got to go to the direction. It said, how are you using your power for your economic? What are you doing with that? So, whatever field you decide, there's a divine aspect to that. The question is, are you doing that? In regards to clarity of your purpose, some people, again, they have when I went to medical school, you know, like uh, I had some friends from Ecuador and they really, his family was physician. He didn't want to be a physician. He didn't know how to say no. That was his clarity. He didn't know how to be clear about to say, I, I don't, that's not my, that's not my, what I desire. So he came in, the third or fourth year he flunked out because he, really, he really wanted to talk about prevention, like nutrition and this and that. But when I'm saying to be clear, you got to be because make sure it's from your divine self, not from your ego self. That's a difference. If it's from your ego self, it's based on to be accepted, to be approved, to be the mainstream, whatever it might be. When you come from your individual self, this is what you decide to do, regardless of what 9 billion people say, this is what I decided to do, and my purpose is to enhance me and enhance humanity. But you got to know where's your clarity coming from. If you don't know that, you become, should I say, more prone to victimization. Because you're doing it because for some external reason or internal reason, you must internalize and have clarity as to what you desire for you in this life cycle. Mm. You must have the confidence to follow through. You must be
0: consistent. You know, it's it's interesting how you know we've we've talked quite a bit about uh, you know uh, taking the position of the victim, and in the um, not the last but the previous uh, the, the 2016 presidential campaign, I have labeled the uh, presidential campaign of victimhood. And Mm -hmm. I remember going through the 80s. I was in my 20s going through the 80s where we would go through these personal growth programs. I went through LifeSpring, which was an offshoot of Est. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, of course, back then it was uh, getting in touch with uh, the causes of, of, you know, the, the reasons why you're blocked from this. And it was blaming others. It was, oh, it's my parents' fault because blah, 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 blah. Then in the 90s, I went through some other programs talking about codependency and starting the process of beginning to take responsibility, realizing, no, it wasn't my parents' fault because they did the best they could with what they had, and now I am doing the best I can with what I have that they have given me or maybe not given me, and so – I thought, oh, hey, this is wonderful. You know, we're moving out of victimhood. This is great. We go into the 21st century. And I'm thinking, all right, yeah, we got this little squabbles here and there. But for the most part, you know, we are where we are because of the things that we have done. I love the the saying about choices. All of the choices that you have made in the past have placed you where you are. Hello. Hello, I'm here.
1: Okay. You say about the choices? Yes, yes
0: uh, uh, all of the choices that uh, we have made in the past are uh, have placed us where we are today, and that the choices that we make now will place us into the future. Well, but one of my guests said something very profound in my mind. He says, uh, have you ever considered this possibility, that all of the choices that you make now are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be.
1: That's correct.
0: And is and, and the as soon as he said that, I immediately went to those people who they are they're called preppers. They have dug a hole in the ground, lined it with concrete, in preparation for what? Armageddon. Or civil war. Or all of these things. Now, first of all, I have no hole in the ground, okay? Uh, I have not stockpiled anything, to some folks' consternation maybe, <clears throat> uh, but because I have an optimistic view of the future. My glass is half full, although I, I love what one guy said: says, yeah, your glass is either half full or half empty. The question is, what's your glass full of? <laughs> what's in it, you know? Um, but it, but let's talk a little bit about that in terms of uh, uh, shifting our perception of the future. But again, going inside to change that perception of our individual future—not necessarily civilization's future, our society, our nation, our state, our city, our neighborhood—but my future?
1: Okay. In regards to that, um, well, I'm doing something wrong here. Uh, the way I teach that is called everything is energy. The energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transformed. And I use my thoughts and I teach people to have thoughts of energy that goes beyond just linear time. So I talk about the sun, I talk about those kind of things. So what are your thoughts based upon? Is it just you individualized, is it collective got to the whole your own race or human the whole universe? So when you have thoughts of energy that about unification, purification, harmonization throughout, that's not an internal transformation that goes beyond your own personal perceptions, it goes back, realize you're one of the rays from the sun because the source, the sun is the source of energy. Mm-hmm. How that Continue my thoughts to expand that oneness. How to continue to build my action, my beliefs that way. And when I look at that, I began to create heaven, a peace, a joy within myself. But it also goes out throughout humanity. It goes about throughout time. You know, that's a, that's how I teach it. Mm-hmm. What I do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because my perception, I have to make sure my perception is not based on ego. It's not based upon my own personal gains. It, it's it's a collective. For everybody, and if, you, if you study any of the ancients or uh, philosophy in Egypt, Buddha, all these people, it's still about the collective beyond you. It, it transcends you. And so into that oneness, I'm going back to that oneness energy, oneness, love, one breath. Mm-hmm. Since I'm very big of spiritual going breath is huge. Using the universal breath, universal mind, universal love, that kind of thing. So it's a universal thing that goes beyond individualism universalism and that you got to you got to individualize to harmonize be who you are with the purity of energy with that thought with that action then you're going into beyond the third dimension which is based on scale this time that time i said it's going to what is Mm -hmm. it's the isness of being i say eternal that way that's why i am for me
0: dr paul Hanna, my guest his latest work remembering the qualities of your soul. His website happens to be HolisticHealing.com. and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host and Dr. Paul Hannah's is my guest. and I want to ask you before we have to wrap things up, and time is uh, fast uh, uh, winding down to uh, to uh, the end of this particular conversation, but talk to us if, if there is any kind of um, I don't know if there's a list. Of the qualities of one's soul, are is there a a general list uh, of the qualities of one's soul, or is that extremely individual? Each person have a, has a different set of qualities. Well, what does that
1: mean? I mean, I mean? To me, I think there's definitely qualities of the soul. I mean, I start with compassion. I mean, compassion is what do that really, really mean uh, to be compassionate? Can you really be compassionate? Be your core and you know, that is the quality, compassion is a, is a quality of your soul. Uh, I would say kindness and compassion and love, uh, and beauty. Uh, those are, those are qualities and beauty transcend the exterior to internal. And, and um, those are some real qualities because when you can look at it from the divine eye, you see the beauty in everything. If you look at it from an ego eye, you're going to find some faults. But see, can you find that that joy that in every individual thing? So that is a very important thing. But I would say, yes, compassion is a one, beauty is a one, joyfulness is one, love is one, all the qualities of the soul. And that's many other qualities of the soul, but those things came to my mind right away. Mm-hmm. Because I think compassion is very huge uh, because I think we need that more on this right now where we have compassion. Do we have the heart to be compassionate for someone that have not, um, that's in a different state of mind, a different state of being? Or do we have a tendency to look at them with a judgmental attitude? But compassion is very, very powerful. I I would start with just that one. And I say beauty. Can you see beauty? (laughs) Can you see beauty? And in and everything. Can can you see it? Yeah. um can you see how you can unify what's the unity of everything? Mm-hmm. Because we know we're one soul. We know that. We know that's one energy. But we already know that. But can you look for that unity in everything? Uh and I tell everybody, you know, everybody's your teacher. You say what? Everybody's your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's your teacher, you know. You, you somebody you encounter every day is teaching you something. If someone pissed you off, that is a that person is a great teacher for you. See, wow, because they're reflecting something in you mm. that you haven't dealt with. Then you're gonna project back to them. If someone is smiling, that's something to you. But the question is, can you stand back, be your own look, and say, What am I? Why am I smiling at this person? Why am I pissed off with this person? What's going on here? Whereas you could be like, I can see everything remain in your state of calmness, your state of being, your state of beauty, your state of happiness. Can you do that? Everybody's your teacher. Everybody. So don't get too too, big-headed. I'm very humble. I mean, everybody's my teacher, you know. I say, well, you teach me. And I'm receptive to learning all the time because we're put on this physical plane, this third dimension, to learn our lesson, to remember who we are, to remember the quality of your soul. Do you remember we are one? Do you remember we have one love? Do you remember this one love? One breath, those kind of things, you know. Mm -hmm. But compassion is the first stage going. I do agree with Allah in regards to the compassion is a key. That is a key one for me as well. Compassion yeah. and happiness. You have inner happiness, Mr. Duke. You're not depending on nobody, nobody in this galaxy to make you happy because you know what? You're just happy. Yeah. And then you, you can look out. Then you're happy to put you in a state. You're now reducing your, your body, releasing endorphins. You feel calm. Can you look and see the beauty in somebody that might that look like you or anything different? Can you find a beauty in that? Can you find that connectivity in that? Can you find a unity in that? Those are some powerful things that I call the first steps in terms of that. Compassion is a huge, huge one. And when you find that, it's a big stage to go from happiness and find compassion, find beauty, find unity. Yeah. Then you go. go ahead.
0: It's interesting, too, because <laughs> you have... You have in our uh, preamble to the Constitution uh, that we have these inalienable rights, and among them, among them are they only list three, but so (laughs) among them are life, liberty, and happiness. No, Mm -hmm. I am sorry, (laughs) a pursuit of happiness. You you can only pursue it. It's kind of like a carrot on a string on a stick out there somewhere, but actually, uh, it's much closer than that because it is possible for us to have those. Moments, maybe an hour, who knows, at a time uh, where we are genuinely happy. But I heard something not long ago, uh, Doctor, that it's not really happiness that we're looking for. And maybe you can help us to define these terms. It's really we're looking for joy.
1: What's the difference
0: in your mind between happiness and joy?
1: Well, that's very, to me, that's a very clear one. Um, Is it like... I'm going to use psychiatry now. Between psychosis, knowing you psychotic, not knowing you're psychotic. When what's, what's, what's some, someone is psychotic, they don't know that they are psychotic. You understand? They just don't. They think they're normal. They think say they don't know they're really psychotic. Okay, happiness is a cultivated internal self beyond anything else, anyone else. You are happy within yourself. Joyfulness is a with someone else, you know, you need someone, I'm joyful with this person, but if that's not with the person, I'm still happy. You know what I'm saying? That's like I can breathe by myself, happiness for myself. Joyful, I can experience. We had a joyful time. We had a joyful experience. We had all of that. was very, that's good. But if that person wasn't with you in the situation, can you still be happy or joyful? You can be, you can. I was saying, joyfulness is outside. I was saying happiness is an internal cultivation. That's why thought a lot of talking about happiness and people looking for happiness within themselves. How do you get happiness in yourself? You got to have total acceptance, total appreciation, total like love of yourself beyond any exterior. That's that's why saying they said in the pursuit. A lot of people can't do that hmm. because they need somebody else to justify them, to verify them. They're okay. When you can transcend that, you know what? I'm fine within myself. That's what I came up with called it's very popular I think victory is self-determined. No one can determine Mr. Dukin's success. He determines that. I determine mine. you know. Victory is self-determined. My happiness is internal. It's an internal cultivation. Yeah. But you got to go through it and accept all of you because this society, based on social media and media, they give you all types of things, but you should look like, act like, talk like. And suppose you don't act, talk, look like that. What does that mean about you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're looking at it, somebody else to be your measuring stick, you're going to be quote unhappy. If you say, you know what? I, I self-love, appreciate myself as I am. And uh, that's what it is. Then that becomes the radic. Then that's fine. But if you're still dependent, but this society, all the society is based upon comparison and competitors that way because people have to accept who they are with internally. They look at something exterior. Yeah. All I'm saying happiness is an internal cultivation. That's my biggest difference that I've seen a difference.
0: Dr. Paul Hanna, my guest, Remembering Qualities of Your Soul, the book, and the website is com. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, Dr. Hanna, I, um, I have to tell you that uh, this has been uh, a wonderful opportunity for us to To uh, begin the process, quite honestly, for some to begin the process of joyfully living your God self. What is the God self?
1: The God self is the other. The other should I put like to the eternal aspect of your spirit, your God self. That's what I call the God self. It is in you coming back to of cultivate, and expand that one is with the divine. That is. There's an aspect with all that universe, that spark of energy, that that God source, that Sun source within you. It's a divine thing. It's beyond age. It's a isness. It's not an ifness. It is. You are. You are the God man or the God woman. That aspect of you. There's a part of you that's beyond deterioration of this physical body, and it comes and comes and comes and goes that way. You know. Mm. And so, that's what I say. The God self is that eternal aspect of the pure source. That eternal aspect within you, that consciousness of you that is beyond linear time. Hmm.
0: Uh, fascinating stuff. What's uh, What's on the horizon for you in regards to what? Uh, maybe another book. Are there classes through your website? Are there courses? You mentioned an ebook that was available.
1: Yeah. If they go to my website and they can get the ebook, the ebook is very powerful. I like it. It's dealing with. Um, Shine Low Flow and I'm considering doing a master class on that. Also doing the online course, we'll be doing an online course on oh, my book. I'll be doing that. And also be setting up for workshops and things that I already do, getting more deeper into that as well. In regards to my third book, I'm thinking about writing the book. I'm letting it come through with me. It's called, you know, like love vibration as and Spanning heart frequency. So everything about that heart, that heart and the love, you know, and I'm talking about the spiritual heart frequency. So, the love vibration and spending heart frequency, that is the one coming up mm. um, that I see. I'm allowing it to come through me, but come through me right now. But the well. book is very powerful in that sense. I, I, I got big people telling me about this when they like it. Just open up anywhere and it can be a stimulus for you to start going inside. And I tell people every day, you know, always smile love into your heart. Mm. Smile love into your heart. And I say, what colors do you love? Smile into your heart, you know. Because love is the most powerful vibration and frequency in this galaxy. It can neutralize, transform, and disintegrate all lower frequency vibration. So smiling love, you're creating that frequency within yourself. You're radiating. You're vibrating that. Mm. So also you're feeding your divine self as well, but you're also helping your physical self. Because the love vibration is a powerful energy, a powerful medicine. It elevates you. It can harmonize you. Can help you do a lot of creative things once you open up to that oneness within you, with with calmness, and relaxation, and lower vibration. Hmm. Yes.
0: You know, it's uh, been said uh, by one of my guests that um, uh, during this program, we collectively, uh, myself and guest, uh, we we generate magic. (laughs) You know. Yes. And and I I really liked it. That was a very kind thing for this person to say, and and I can I can feel that uh, uh, in that respect. That that it's like being in the zone if you're a sports uh, uh, person. Uh, you know, when you're just you're just on, and it just is happening. It's it's just magnificent. And uh, we have just been on here on the program. I do have three final questions that I I would like to ask you that I ask all of my guests uh, here in the 15th year uh, of uh, Tell Me Your Story. It's amazing that it's been 15 years, uh, but uh, it's very exciting that we've been doing this since September 7th of 2007.
1: Wow. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Uh, But before I ask you those questions, first, let me ask you uh, to uh, bring your camera down just a touch and also to let you, the listener and the viewer, know that this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We podcast at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and many other locations on the internet. You can watch these interviews on YouTube. That's right. We hope that you'll uh, click the notification and if you want to subscribe you can. As I've said before, the numbers are not important. It's that people hear the messages from our guests. That's what's important. It doesn't matter how many subscribers on YouTube or how many listens we've had since uh, January 1 of 2018. Uh, You know, it's just fantastic that you folks are listening and sharing the stories and reposting the interviews. We also ask that you, if you can spend some time during this, the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, go within, listen to that still small voice and uh, just sit quietly, peacefully, calmly. Uh, We've had the opportunity here in California if you can do this without being rocked by <laughs> flowing water, what have you, and just listen to the rain come down. Now that the skies have cleared, listen to the breeze, blow through the trees, listen to the birds, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. We also ask that if you can support the work that we are doing here, we would greatly appreciate that. We do have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And when you go to PayPal, all you have to do when they ask you, so uh, what email address do you want to send these funds to? Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. With all of that said, we now move into uh, our uh, three final questions for our guest. And the first of those questions is, who is Paul Hannah.
1: I am a divine for you.
0: What is your life's purpose? To
1: expand light, love with each individual, to expand the vibration fixed on this planet.
0: And finally, what was your best day? Day. Well, Paul, thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed this, and I hope that we can get together to talk more about uh, the things that you've got uh, in the works, including uh, your third book, When That Is Ready to Rock and Roll, and uh, we can talk about many, many other things that you have available, uh, especially the things you're doing through uh, your master teaching and healing and and the work that you're doing through uh, Qigong.
1: Thank you very much for having me here great excitement for me to be here you know Opportunities to, to listen to learn and most important always be a student always smile love into your heart always have the courage to be real when you're real you can deal otherwise chill okay
0: <laughs> that sounds a little bit like something Muhammad Ali might say <laughs> well he probably
1: will you know what I'm saying because like uh, when you're real you can deal otherwise people talk too much you're not real you're just That's true. chill That's you know true. So, All right. That's
0: what it well, thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story. New paradigms for a new world. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to law and Jeanette, I am listening.